Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me once again today. Uh, we get to talk to so many great minds out there, uh, people from all walks of life in uh, the professional world, um, over a thousand interviews with uh, tax ideas, legal ideas, how to set up your business. Uh, but one of my favorite uh, guests is, is with me today again, uh, Vincent Mastrovito, and Vince is with Prometheus Partners in Grand Rapids. And we've talked about a wide variety of more nuts and bolts kind of things about how to run your business, how to get ready for your your potential business succession. And, you know, most business owners in the future may try to sell their business, but they'll end up... Uh, passing it on to family members in business succession. Not everybody can sell their business to an outsider. The market won't support it. So today we're going to talk with Vince about preparing successors for leadership that I think we can all uh, learn a lot from. So please grab a, a pen and a pad of paper and take some notes. Vince, welcome. Thanks so much for joining me once again today. Hey, Phil. Thanks again for having me. Great to, uh, great to talk to you again, and uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for having me on the show. Oh yeah, Vince, no problem. You're always welcome because we always get great reviews. You you have you bring so much great common sense planning ideas to to our uh, to our listeners and you know, we really appreciate that. So, uh before like like we usually do, let's give our listeners just a little bit in case they haven't heard about you. And by the way, you can find lots of interviews um with Vince on his website, and we'll give you that information later, or on, my, on our website at Exit Coach Radio. So, Vince, tell us a little bit about Prometheus Partners, who you are, and what you do. Yeah, so Prometheus Partners uh, is a uh, strategic business advisor, um, exit planners, and, so, and also a, a family business uh, coaching uh, uh, pro, uh, company. And what we do is we go into privately held businesses, and we help them understand uh, what it is that they own, meaning their business, uh, and how can they best prepare for that eventual transition that they're going to go out uh, and at some point transition to another phase of their life. Uh, certainly, the sooner they do it, uh, the easier that becomes, but um, sometimes we have a shorter time frame. And a lot of times I know, I've, as I've heard from you, that planning involves debunking myths uh, myths that uh, mm -hmm. this is information people keep in their head about. Oh, when when I'm when I'm, when the time is right, I'll do this and it'll be it'll be so easy. Well, it's not easy. Uh, you and I have both <laughs> we're both we've both seen the battle scars of people that thought things would go one way and they don't go that way at all. 
And so what we're going to talk about today is preparing successors for leadership. And again, as I mentioned, and you can validate this, Vince, uh, a large percentage of business owners will go through this channel of, of keeping it on the inside and passing it on to either family members or key employees because they're just either not attractive to a buyer or they, it, the economics won't work out. Can you validate that? Yeah, so they'll just say, hey, let's give Jimmy a try, right? Because uh, he's kind of next up, and uh, if he doesn't, if Jimmy doesn't really have a, you know, a, a fine-tuned career path that he was going to do, then, you know, um, he'll just try to bring him into the business and say, let's let's take it over. Um, I wanted to yeah, take Jimmy's a there. Bill Jimmy's there. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Please do. Please. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like if you, if you all remember, listeners, if you remember your very first employee uh, where you were just happy anybody showed up for the interview. <laughs> you know, that's Jimmy. That, so that is here correct. we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but that's not yeah. going to work turning over everything uh, because there there's a lot that Jimmy has to know that Jimmy might not know. So, so yeah, let's go into your scenario. Okay. So uh, I read a book uh, by Craig uh, Aronoff and John Ward, uh, and it is uh, Preparing Successes for Leadership. And a quote uh, that they had in the book <clears throat> goes kind of like this. Once upon a time, there was a man who had a vision and began pursuing it. Two others saw that first man had a vision and began following him. In time, the children of those who followed asked their parents to describe what they saw but what their parents described appeared to be the coattails of the man in front of them. So when the children heard this, they turned to their parents' vision saying, this is not worth the pursuit. And when you're taking a look at transitioning a business from the main owner to the children, what you don't want to have is that you are just bringing along Jimmy or your son or your daughter and just kind of throwing them into the mix of the pot without any real mentoring going on along with the process. Um, and it's really a, a fairly low profile for privately held and family held businesses to really mentor their children to help them understand, first of all, what does it mean to be in the business uh, and what does it mean to own stock and other things? Um, and so it's just a lot different than maybe when they were much younger and working as a summer job or helping mom or dad on the weekends when they would go in there. Now we're talking about you're really part of the integral day-to-day -day activities of this business. And I think that that's just really, really important to make sure that those issues are addressed. And you said something very important in there, which was that the it has to be they have to have a vision of where they want, this is the successors, where where they want the business to go. And a lot of times they've never been asked that. They've never had that chance. They've just been following the coattails, as you as you mentioned. So so that's a critical mm -hmm. issue. And, and the big question is, and I think for the parents that may be passing it on to the children, for instance, or the key employees, is, um, you know, they've never even brought up an idea about the future um, what's going to change that now? How how are they going to grow into being an owner, having an owner mentality? Yeah, you really have to work on that over time. There there is about 
seven stages that you really need to look at when you're bringing in your children. Because if we if we look at it uh, from a generational change, the successor uh, must prepare for really a job that doesn't really exist at this particular time. Because how mom or dad started the business is probably going to be significantly different than some, when some of the children are mature enough to actually take over the business. And so what we kind of have to take a look at, Bill, is like, first of all, what is their attitude towards the preparation? You know, like, how are they preparing themselves? What kind of developments are they doing over time? And this usually is going to happen from, say, birth up until their mid to early 20s. Um, as they get a little bit further into their 30s, they're going to look at, you know, maybe they're in the business, they're included in some training, and they're also included in some type of an orientation. Then they kind of go into some form of business development, leadership development, uh, and then what kind of candidates are they? So if there's more than one child, which ones are the true candidates? Then mm -hmm. you take a look at the transition period, then you take a look at the next round of successors. So you have to take a look at this process uh, and say, if I really want to be strategic and keep this business sustainable, it's important for me to make sure that I mentor my children in this business. And that takes time and energy and effort. And and when you're when you're in the forest, so to speak, when you're the parent that's running the business and building the business, and you've been doing it your way, you know what I found, Vince, is that a lot of the successor owners uh, look at the parent and say, you know, I don't want your lifestyle. You were never around. You were never home. You were always work. The business is always first. I do not want that kind of lifestyle. So sometimes it's it's important to figure out what the successor <coughs> owner doesn't want as much as what they do want. I would agree 100%. I think you are spot on with that, Bill. I just think it is um, it is essential uh, for business owners to really start having those conversations with their kids and helping to understand maybe why mom and dad weren't around uh, as much when they were younger uh, and maybe talk about how could that change so that when the new generation comes in, they don't feel that they have to have that same lifestyle, but they can still manage and move that business. And as we both know, Bill, a lot of that is going to come right down to the planning and understanding how to get that business to run efficiently without you, the owner, so that you all can have that time to, to spend together and do what you really enjoy doing. Great point. Yeah, I, I have a case right now where, the, the child says, I don't want your lifestyle, but I, I, I like the, the idea of a business, and I really like the idea of a business that runs itself. And, and you know what is interesting is a lot of times um, uh, the, the parties come into this kind of thing, and they, they, don't, they don't take it seriously enough to study all the great books and information that are out there to help them figure out how to build uh, a business that will run itself, so to speak, at some point. Um, they they really just approach it like we'll figure it out as and that's what a lot of these owners have done by the way they've figured it out as they went um, they don't know how to pass on knowledge about how to build this kind of business so it's really up to the successor owners to catch a vision like you said and part of that really starts with um, learning uh, learning uh, being a student of of what it takes there are a lot of great books out there as you mentioned. There really are, and I think it's important um, 
to give, uh, I like to give business owners suggestions from time to time of, of, of books that they can read uh, for their kids uh, and give them an assignment. That's part of the mentoring program is to, mm-hmm. hey, if mm-hmm. you read a book, uh, even if it's 100 pages or whatever it is, <clears throat> and it talks about leadership and, and, and mentoring, certainly that has several applications. Uh, and if you have your son or daughter or you have, if there's more than one, then have them all read it. Uh, and then you have a time frame in which you just maybe sit around and talk about that book a bit um, then everybody tends to be uh, on the same page, and then the, the 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 successors, the younger generation, starts to see what they have to really do to elevate themselves in order to keep this business sustaining and going in the direction that mom and dad set forth at the very beginning. Because back to your point, the kids may not want the the work schedule and the demands that the mom and dad have but in many cases they certainly want the paycheck that's right yeah the the best uh the best successor owners are those that have gone out into the world and and tried working somewhere else or were have been successful hopefully somewhere else and then came back with that vision and understanding of what it's like out there i <laughs> i find a lot of times at first, uh, you know, uh, children especially are a little bit, you know, maybe the 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 son of the boss, as they call the SOB, <laughs> comes into the business and right. and everybody, you know, doesn't doesn't appreciate what it's like out there. And when they get out there and and uh, and learn uh, that it's it's tough out there working for somebody, it's a it's a much better alternative if you can work for yourself. But they have to learn that. So how do how do they? What do you suggest as far as Figuring out early on, do they have an attitude towards management and working in the business? How would how do you help business owners figure that out about their successor owners? Yeah, I think a lot of that is really how are they brought into the business. Um, you know, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, when you're younger and just kind of helping mom and dad out on the weekends or here and there, that's just kind of a summer job. But then, when you're actually coming into the business and you're now going to be full time. I think first and foremost there needs to be some expectations, but you know what kind of what kind of uh, environment did they feel secure and important inside of the business? So when your children come in, uh, if if you're just yelling and screaming at them to a certain extent um, mm-hmm. and just kind of bossing them around and pushing them, then that's going to have one impact on them versus talking to them about the importance of certain processes and procedures and having them get a feel for that business. Uh, then, you know, you just want to talk about what their opportunities are inside of the business and what other educations might they want to look at for the business. So as an example, if mm-hmm. I have an owner that's really strong in finance, uh, but maybe some of their, their, their weaknesses might be um, people skills or sales or whatever, then I would recommend that the that the child or one of them, one of the ch- uh, children, <clears throat> actually get some education on marketing and communication and sales, because mm-hmm. if you can have some strengths that and that um, are are complementary to each other, then it helps to build stronger relationships. Certainly, the children have to learn the financial piece of it, but if they can start off more from a sales perspective, or if it's vice versa. Uh, or if it's a different department, 
then I think you have some continuity of going back and forth on how these two environments actually work together. And I think that's very, very helpful. Um, and give them an opportunity to prove themselves and, and, and reward them for that. You know, uh, encourage them that they are doing well and uh, show them, you know, here's some of the pitfalls you might have and here's what you, your expectations should be. So I think a lot of that uh, from an attitudes perspective is really going to be uh, boiling down to having the really good conversations with your children uh, even before mm -hmm. they get in the business, but certainly uh, as they're in the business and schedule time to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's a great point. And part, you know, part of this of, of what we're talking about is you'll have plenty of conversations about about what it's like to do business, but you need to have conversations about what it's like to be in business, or how a business operates, just the some of the basic fundamentals, helping the children to realize that being a business owner it takes certain skills and aptitude, and it it is your life. Um, there's a reason why you know mom and mom and dad might have not made your uh, all of your events when you were growing up. Business is tough, and uh, and people have to realize that it can it can you know there are ways to manage around it, but but you need to learn about that. Um, now, Vince, here's the other side of it. What happens when the child seems ready, but the the parent, the owner, um, hasn't hasn't really mapped out what their departure scenario is going to look like and then you have a you know you have a 50 year old son looking at the dad going are you ever going to leave because number one you're you know we're taking up payroll here number two you're not doing much for the company and I want to grow it and, and I want that um, I want the benefit of, of ownership Wow that's just a great question Bill uh, I, I literally just had this question again, not for the first time, but again yesterday uh, with a business in Western Michigan uh, where dad is not active in the business. He's a 48% shareholder. Uh, and, the, and the issue is how do, we, how do we even have the conversation with dad about, you know, gifting or selling the balance of his stock uh, yeah. so that we can start to work on the new generation. And, you know, those are always very, very difficult conversations to have because you have to look at what is the makeup of the individual that owns the stock. I mean, if they're a very controlling, you know, they started this company and it's theirs and they feel like they are deserving of it, it's really going to be a, a very big struggle to try to get them to um, agree to either gift or sell their shares, especially if the payout to them is very handsome. But I have seen uh, several companies where the parents held on to the stock way too long. And when I mean way too mm -hmm. long, uh, I mean like age 89 or 90. Mm -hmm. uh, and they don't have a buy-sell agreement and there's no real path for where the stock goes. And uh, it really can cause... Um, a lot of disruption inside of the business, and uh, I think it, it it ruins a lot of the continuity that are there, and it certainly diminishes the motivation of the kids because they yeah. now they become a bit more resentful because you've kind of held them back uh, into something that really you brought them on to take over. 
Yeah, you know, if you if you're going to be a a benevolent owner um and and parent uh in a family business situation, you want to give your successor owners the gift of a well-planned business and that takes time to put together. You know, a business where you don't have you know, Vince, you and I have both have uh different types of clients, but the the type I really don't like is when they need when the the successor owner, I mean, the the departing owners need every penny from the business because they haven't planned ahead, and they need that cash flow from the business, and they really just want somebody to come in and keep an eye on the business, um, not be not become the new owner, uh, and the the it's a very frustrating position for that successor owner to come into because they feel like, what am I doing here? I'm just I'm babysitting this business. It's not I can't do anything with it. I can't take it in a direction I want to. So all of that takes takes planning well well in advance, as we both know. It certainly does. Yeah, yeah. The longer you have uh, of really having the conversation of uh, what is, you know, and a lot of that really, Bill, just to, to kind of skip over, I, I want to come back to this point, but it really involves is what is your life after the business? And if you do have a path for what you want to do once you transition out of the business, uh, then in many cases, you will have a much easier time uh, selling or transferring that stock or that ownership percentage to the next successors, the next generation, and moving on to something else. Because you, if you put those pieces together, you understand from a financial planning perspective that you have a, a, enough money to sustain your lifestyle uh, and that you want to stay busy and do those things, then it really does help to understand why it's important to transition that ownership percentage to the next generation. Absolutely. Absolutely. A, well, a well-crafted plan. Um, you know, that's, that's the business that, that you're in, Vince, and you do so well with your clients. So let's, let's uh, better start moving towards wrapping up a little bit here. But uh, this has been a very interesting conversation. How You have a lot of... of tools and analysis tools on your website, things that people can come to and really um, uh, check in and see where they are in certain ways, how, how prepared they are for exit, what their business value might be, those types of things. Tell our listeners about how they can get to your website and what they'll find there. Yeah, so if they go to our website, which is uh, prometispartners.com, that's uh, pro and then Metis is M-E-T-I-S, partners.com. Uh, there certainly is uh, a tremendous amount of the, the newsletters that we've written. Uh, we have documents under there that clients can take a look at that they might want to use. Uh, certainly we have um, the, the podcast, Bill, from when uh, you and I chatted over uh, you know, all of the conversations that we've had. And now we've actually added a, a blog uh, piece of our website, so we actually do send that out, and people can take a look at uh, topics that uh, that we have talked about, uh, and then some of the new things that we're going to be coming out with our actual case studies that we have on our website. So there's a fair amount of information that they have there. There's an assessment there, the exit map that they can complete. It takes uh, 15 minutes to do it, uh, and they will get a free 10-page uh, report sent directly to them. And if they wish to have a conversation with us after that, they can certainly send us an email uh, or contact us right through the, the website, and we'd be happy to schedule a, a conversation with them over the phone. When you first talk with people and when they come and find this stuff, do you hear a lot of people, Vince, say, 
I had no idea this area of planning existed. You know, I didn't know where to go. Thank goodness uh, you do this. Uh, yeah, very regularly uh, because uh, it, it, they don't know that it's actually out there. And I think the other piece of it is um, sometimes the words uh, exit planning brings a connotation Right. That means, okay, well, I'm finished, when actually they may not want to exit for 10, 15, or 20 years. And and really, an exit plan is part of a strategic business plan, and it just kind of lays on the back of the overall objectives uh, that you're trying to say, hey, this is how we want to manage this 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. And so you're always making some adjustments to it, no differently than you do to your everyday business model of who your clientele is and what models you're looking after for revenue. Good point. And from my, my vantage point here on the 20th floor in Southern California, I can see two freeways, and both of them have traffic moving on the freeway at you know 65 miles an hour, and then they have something called an exit ramp. And the exit ramp is not a quick uh, right angle kind of a thing. It's it's gradual. It takes time. People have to ramp down, uh, and and others have to ramp up. And it's it, it that's why we recommend that you get involved in this at least if you can five years in advance. And a lot of people say, well, what would I do five years in advance? And there's a lot you can do at five years in advance to start running your business. Uh, as we say in in our the group that we belong to, BEI, so that you can leave it in style. You have to take some time and planning so that you're you're you know remembered someday for your planning, not your lack of planning. Uh, Vince, any any last uh, tips or ideas or precautions to add today? Well, I think I always like to use the the simple ones that are uh, extremely obvious uh, because there 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 is no shortcut to doing what needs to be done, which is harvesting and managing the wealth of which you've accrued inside your business. And, and planning is, is a key part. I think every owner owes it to themselves to find out uh, what value they really have in their business, how attractive is it, uh, as I always say, uh, and how can I better prepare this <clears throat> so that if I, am, if I have to exit quickly or over a period of time, uh, everything is going to go on a much smoother basis. So, um, I don't think that there's really much more I've always ever added, and that's what I would say to any person. And what, uh, what Vince, what you bring to the table is an organized process for people to begin that planning and track it. And, and one important thing, work efficiently and effectively with all the other advisors that will need to be part of this. Because a lot of people say, well, why don't I just go to my accountant or an attorney? Well, we're going to go to your accountant and your attorney at some point. Let's not, let's not rush there yet. Let's figure out what we need to figure out so that when we go to them, they can all have their playbook to work from and work well together. So it's a great service that you provide, Vince, and uh, I'm always very happy to interview you. You bring a lot of common sense to our listeners. So, again, thank you very much for our interview today. Thanks a lot, Bill. Really appreciate the time. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 